Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another star-studded episode of Q-Tips. It is our weekly feature where we give you a few streaming picks for the weekend. And some of them good, some of them slightly questionable. And I think over time, you'll kind of figure out who gives you good choices and questionable choices. <coughs> Paul. Hey, hey, um, hey. <laughs> and I just also, while I'm mentioning this, I do want to give a shout out to some of our older Q-tip ep- Q-Tips episodes. Uh, the dates are old, but the selections are timeless. So go back and give those a listen. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to get it going. So let's go with Zach. What do you have? Well, first of all, Renee, thank you for uh, calling me a stud. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> second of all, did you know that this year is the 30th anniversary of Silence of the Lambs <gasps> being released? Yeah. Damn. So. Obviously, it's a big, big milestone, a film that was one of the biggest films of the year, one of the biggest films of the decade, uh, had not one but two very iconic performances uh, with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. But you know what? I'm not going to talk about that movie. That's not the movie I'm recommending today. Today, I'm recommending the movie with a superior Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yes. I'm recommending a film that I think actually has a not a not necessarily a better actor because I uh, wouldn't put one above the other, but a better portrayal. And I'm talking about 1990, not, <laughs> wrong decade again, 1986's <laughs> Manhunter. That's right. Five years before Silence of the Lambs came out, we had the first uh, Hannibal Lecter film, which was actually an adaptation of uh, Red Dragon. Now, this film is pretty well known now because I think after they started doing all the sequels, uh, they basically kind of re-released this as part of the Red Dragon or part of the Hannibal Lecter series. Um, but I do remember back in the day after I watched uh, Silence of Lambs for the first time, probably in the late 90s, and I had to go and you know do some research and I found out that this movie existed because it kind of bombed at the box office, kind of disappeared. So if you know anything about the Hannibal Lecter ser- series, you know that this is really the the first story. This was based on the first book that Thomas Harris wrote, and it features a different character. It's not about Clarice. It's about Will Graham, who is a retired uh, FBI agent who, well, he, he, had, he had a run-in with Hannibal Lecter at one point, and let's just say it put him off of the whole law enforcement business entirely um actually i I don't know if he's actually i don't know if he was ever actually an agent he was but he's basically a profiler um now people are going to like write angry letters all those hannibal heads (laughs) out there um but yeah he was a profiler so what he's he's brought back to uh look into some murders that are happening in the uh in in i think in, in georgia and Basically, he he realizes that they have another serial killer on their hands, and he th- realizes that the only way to catch this new serial killer is to, as he, I believe he puts it in one, uh, one scene, uh, he has to go get the scent back, so he has to go talk to Hannibal himself. And I will say, like I said, I mean, I know that this is a, probably an unpopular opinion, but Hannibal Lecter in this film portrayed by Brian Cox Actually, uh, I I don't want to say again. I'm not going to say that it's like head and shoulders above Sir Anthony Hopkins because that would be that'd be you know terrible. <laughs> but uh, uh, here's the thing about his Hannibal Lecter: he's scary because he's actually plays him very normal. Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, yeah, he, you meet him, you know that he's a serial killer. You're on your guard. Hannibal Lecter, Brian Cox, he seems like a friendly uncle, and if he wasn't you know, behind bars, behind, you know, 20 levels of security, uh, you might forget that he's one of the most dangerous people in the the country. So 
Anyways, uh, I love his performance. I love William Peterson, William Peterson as Will Graham. If you're a fan of uh, what is it, CSI? I think that he's on. I don't know. I don't watch TV, but um, <laughs> he, 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 uh, William Peterson would go on to be a huge TV star in that show. But in this, uh, sh- in this movie, he plays Will Graham. And uh, you also have some of the other characters who show up in the later films. You have Dennis Farina as Jack Crawford, who I I like in this role. Um, he's he's no Scott Glenn, but he's he's good. And then you also have uh, uh, you have Tom Noonan as the serial killer, and you also have Stephen Lang playing. You know, nowadays Stephen Lang, he's as he gets older, like the older he gets, the more badass he gets. So he's been playing badasses for like the last twenty years, but uh, not so much in this movie. He plays uh, Freddie Lowndes, who is kind of a, a scumbag uh, tabloid reporter. Anyways, yeah. Manhunter, it's uh, one of Michael Mann's 1980s films, so if you're into that whole aesthetic, if you're into Thief, if you're into the aesthetic of uh, kind of Miami Vice, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's a great crime film. I think it stands up, uh, you know, regardless of its uh, the fact that it's kind of part of that series that often gets overshadowed by Silence of the Lambs. But hey, you know, I, I think it stands on its own. Uh, this one is currently available on Shudder, and it is also on the Criterion Channel, DirecTV, and Spectrum On Demand. So that's my first pick. Uh, I'm going to throw this over to Paul, and uh, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear if he has a good pick this week, or if all of his uh, all of his suggestions are questionable. My picks are always good, but um, yeah, I, I do want a second. I do want a second Manhunter. It's a it's a very stylish entry, like you said, and it's it's a it's pretty cool. Um, no, mine, 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 mine was inspired by a, a film that came was released this weekend. Um, heavily promoted, had a lot of uh, animation in it, and uh, I had only made it for about forty minutes through it. It was such garbage that um, <laughs> that I wanted to actually talk about some good animated films um some excellent ones actually and the the first one i have up for you is uh, 1973's fantastic planet which is currently showing on hbo max the roku channel criterion channel and dark matter so um generally thought of as a french film this is actually a french czech co-production though it's in french and english so i think the hbo max version is only the french version uh, I, but Anyway, it is this psychedelic, trippy 1973, but not as trippy as you would think, um, but still kind of trippy. Sci-fi film, it takes place on the planet Yagam, uh, where the the trogs, which are these giant blue creatures, are the dominant uh, life form. And there are these little tiny, little tiny creatures called ohms, which are humans which are sometimes kept as pets by the trogs, but are often just treated as pests and often exterminated. A uh, young, a young trog, Tiwa, finds an orphaned infant Ohm, who her father lets her take it home as a pet, and she names it Ter, little boy. And the trogs age much slower than we do. Basically, a, a year for us is like a week for them. And, uh, as she studies with her little mentalist headset, uh, her tear is able to actually pick up some of the, the knowledge from it. And uh, eventually it goes on and, and uh, long story short, it's not really a big surprise. Eventually he's going to lead somewhat of a revolt almost of these little tiny ohms. It is just absolutely gorgeous. The music is wild. The it's, it's, 
the animation is is really cool the designs on these creatures um it is it's really i mean trippy is a good word for it um without being like woo as a trippy trippy it's just it's just really unusual stuff highly highly recommend it um it's really worth catching it and 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 watching so it's called fantastic planet from 1973 and again that's showing on hbo max the roku channel which you can watch with ads criterion channel or dark matter which again you can watch with ads so um i'll toss it over to you renee all right my theme for this week is topical and uh I'm going to be, I'm going to start with these two selections. I'm going to drop a few hints. So you guys will probably get an idea of what they are before I uh, announce them. And I apologize because I'll probably taking one of these movies off of someone's list. All right. My first movie is an action movie. It was directed by John Carpenter and it features the longest fist fight in movie history. So if you had a good time watching Hell Comes to Frogtown, and you just thought Roddy Piper was fantastic, you should check out 1988's They Live, which I do believe is a documentary. It's also based on the uh, novel 8 o'clock, or short story perhaps, 8 o'clock in the morning by Ray Nelson. It is available on Peacock. Uh, this character, he doesn't actually have a name in the movie, but they say later, I think he's credited as Nada. Um, He's basically a wanderer. He's just kind of doing his thing, just basically getting by. Then he finds a pair of sunglasses, which show him, you know, kind of what's really going on in the world. And so he just kind of un- gets a realization of what is going on in the world and the way that the government and the media is trying to influence people and politi- uh, politicians and the elite and all these people are just hellbent on uh taking over the world and uh there they may or may not be aliens so uh it's a great movie anyway it's starring roddy piper and keith david who also is excellent um and it is called they live and it is available on peacock so i'm gonna kick it back to zach for his next suggestion i will definitely second they live it's (laughs) one of the most fun films you will ever watch if you're if you haven't seen the movie you may actually be familiar with one of the best one-liners in the movie <laughs> i'm not i'm not going to repeat it here because uh yeah i don't want to spoil it but um third those, this, by the way i'll third this pick perfect yeah the well, only thing you. the only thing that this movie gets wrong is how much the how much effort the aliens have to put into kind of covering up their uh <laughs> their dastardly plans. Um, that is true. <laughs> they, they, could, they could just come out and say, we're aliens, we're taking over the world, and I think most people would kind of shrug. Um, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, my first pick was kind of one of my old favorites. It's a film that I rewatch every once in a while, and it never gets old. My second pick, or picks, I should say, are some new movies that I don't think are nearly up to that quality, but, you know, sometimes you want a little candy. Sometimes you want... You want a little filler. You want something. You don't need a full three-course meal. Sometimes you just need a, a little snack. And, you know, the, what What better time to get candy than in October? And so, of course, I'm going to recommend some horror films that just came out on Netflix. Um, this is actually a trilogy of movies that just came out on Netflix. The, uh, the Fear Street trilogy. 
Now, I've actually only watched the first two movies. I have the third one came out on Friday and I did not have time to watch it. But uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1994 and Fear Street Part 2, 1978 uh, were both very fun. They are based on a series of R.L. Stein books. They are about this town where terrible things always happen. And of course, they, uh, they're about, you know, a, a group of teenagers who start to realize why the thing, the terrible things always happen. There's a legend uh, about a, a curse that a witch put on the town, and it turns out that it's true. And it turns out that they've made her mad and she is coming after them, or I should say her henchmen. Uh, like I said, not, not perfect movies. I don't even know if I'd call them great movies. There are a lot of things that are kind of don't don't work about them there are some weird editing choices and some weird script choices but they're like the first two at least are the type of films that you kind of overlook all that because you're having fun like i said it's like a it's like a little bit of candy so uh yeah i'd I'd recommend and hopefully the third one is just as good i'm going to be watching that one uh in the next day or two so uh, i apologize i'll come back and apologize if it's terrible now that i've just recommended the entire trilogy but yeah so fear street one two and three currently available on netflix exclusives very exciting uh paul what's your next pick for this weekend well my next pick um again we were talking about you know animated films this one's going to be interesting because it's a bit of a mix of live action and animated um but uh it's a little bit more recent than than fantastic planet this is uh 2013's the congress uh showing on hulu to be and Fandor. Uh, it's directed by Ari uh, Fullman, and it's based on the story The Futurological Congress by uh, fantastic Polish uh, sci-fi author Stanislaw Lem, uh, though it's loosely based. Um, Ari Fullman said he was more inspired by it, and especially the second half of the film follows it a little bit more closely. The first half is completely different. Um, and uh, it stars Robin Wright as an aging actress named Robin Wright. And, uh, she, um, she has, uh, two children and, um, one of them, her, her son has Usher syndrome in the store, in the film, which basically is a, an actual degenerative nerve disease, which leads to complete blindness and deafness eventually. Um, she is her Harvey Keitel plays her agent and she's been offered a contract with, Miramount Pictures, uh, and what they basically want to do is they say this is the last contract you'll ever need because what we want to do is we want to scan your likeness likeness into the computer and we want to basically own your likeness and be able to make movies without you completely, and we're going to sign you this twenty year contract. And she takes it because it lets her take care of her son. Now I'm telling you basically the first 40 minutes of the film, but that's because without it, you wouldn't understand what happens next. Um, it's 20 years, 20 years further along, her contracts needs to be renewed. So she has to go to the futurological Congress that is being held by mirror Mount pictures, which is a, um, meeting to discuss the future of entertainment. The only problem is to go there. It's in the tune zone where you have to take hallucinogenic drugs which basically turn you into a cartoon and she has to go there to uh see what happens and then from there the film goes all sorts of places it is it's a it was written again in the late 60s early 70s as a satire on on communist poland 
but they've kind of turned it into a, a satire on Hollywood, but it's not a heavy satire. I mean, there's definitely humor in there. There's definitely, it's funny stuff, uh, but it's also an exploration of reality, identity, um, uh, avoiding reality, uh, facing reality, um, love, loss, um, and and it really actually gets really, really strongly emotional. It's beautifully shot, some really fantastic animation, fantastic in, in multiple ways. Um, it really has to be seen to believe. be believed. This is an amazing film that I am so surprised is not talked about more often. Uh, really, really well worth catching. Um, again, it's called The Congress, and it's from 2013 on Hulu, Tubi, and Fandor. And I, I really highly recommend watching it. Um, so uh, over to you, Renee. Thank you. Uh, we'll check that out. I uh, had not, I had actually not heard of it before. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning it. Uh, so you mentioned satire and comedy and love lost and that kind of segues nicely into my pick which again is topical because you guys it's summer it's summer in america and it is hot and sometimes it rains and things get wet that's right it is 2001's wet hot american summer directed by david wayne uh screenplay by david wayne and michael showalter uh this is, boy, an ensemble cast, I think, is an understatement. It's got Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, Michael Showalter again, Paul Rudd, and just so many people that I would probably take up another 20 minutes naming them all. Uh, however, I do need to mention Christopher Maloney because he deserves that mention. Um, this movie is avail available on Peacock, and the setting is at Camp Firewood. And it is in the 80s, and it is the last day, or preparing for the last day uh, of camp, and through that day. Um, so basically, everyone everyone's getting ready to go home, but there is just a lot of stuff that people need to do, you know? Uh, crushes that need to get resolved, and um, maybe some stuff, spat uh, satellites that are falling to the planet. Um some talking canned goods. So there's just, you know, some things that are happening. Um, it's a lot of fun and it's just really silly and wonderful and you should watch it. It's available on Peacock. And that again is Wet Hot American Summer. And if you were a fan of The State or uh, even Reno 911, uh, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. So that is my recommendation. I think, I, I, think, I think you left out the most important cast member of all, though, Renee. Oh, Sorry. God. Which one did I leave out? I mean, you, you, you mentioned all those people and you didn't mention H. John Benjamin. Oh! <laughs> in, his, in his greatest role ever? Well, you know, that I, I just completely blanked. I just I, completely okay. blanked on that. Yeah. I forgive you. He is one of my favorite people for yeah. something that I will recommend at another time. Oh, yeah. Now, so can, can I can I also can I actually piggyback? Please. Can I give a bonus recommendation and say that if you like that, there are not one but two Netflix series. There is the first day of camp and then there's what is it? 30 years later. I think, I think something like ten, that. Or 10 years later. 10. OK. Oh, 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the great thing, the great thing about the first day of camp, it's a prequel to the movie. But the show came out, what was it, like 15 years after the movie? 
and they're all the care all the people are playing themselves at the same age uh, which in the first <laughs> movie they were all like 20s and 30 somethings playing kids and now they're like you know 30s 40 somethings uh playing teenagers so yeah it's pretty it funny oh, uh, I, sorry. It. <clears throat> I will also i'm sorry i'm i i have one other very important thing to say um, since you're an H. Sean Benjamin fan, I've never told anyone this because I've never had anyone to share it with because <sighs> I've never known any H. Sean Benjamin fans. But uh, I'm not going to name the place because uh, I, don't, I don't want him to be mobbed by H. Sean ben Benjamin fans. But mm. there is a, a, a thrift store somewhere in North Carolina that mm. I swear to God, there is a guy who works there who looks exactly like H. Sean Benjamin. He doesn't sound like <laughs> him, but he looks like him. Every single I, I, I don't live there anymore, but every <laughs> single time I went in there, I was like, I, I want to ask this guy for a picture so much because I want to post it on the internet because he looked exactly like him. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's my side oh. story. That has nothing. I don't know why I'm telling the story here. I've just extended our runtime by like five minutes and people look and say, why is this episode so long? I'm not going to listen to it. So please take us out, Renee. I will. And I'm going to ask you offline what that is so I can go there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that's it. So I guess we're going to wrap it up. And Paul, do you have a song for us? Oh, I thought you said you had one. Well, oh, that's right. <laughs> I apologize. There is a movie from well, Wet Hot American Summer. Do oh. you uh, do you know what that song is? No. Day by day. Oh, I thought I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet Lord. And in case you weren't keeping track, here's a recap of all of our picks for the weekend of July 23rd, 2021. Paul recommended Fantastic Planet, which is currently available on HBO Max, the Roku Channel, the Criterion Channel, and Dark Matter, and The Congress, which is currently available on Hulu, Tubi, and Fandor. Renee recommended They Live and Wet Hot American Summer, which are both available on Peacock. And I recommended Manhunter, which is currently on Shudder, the Criterion Channel, DirecTV, AMC+, and Spectrum On Demand, and the Fear Street Trilogy, which is currently available on Netflix. I